You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards and Doug Branson. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Nada at Nada the Scribe, and Doug at Doug Branson LOH. And you can find the show at Locked On Hornets on most social media platforms Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Links and handles are all over the show notes. Doug, I guess not alongside us here in person today, not in the studio with us, but he is phoning in. We actually do get to see him in his home studio. It looks essentially like a Hornets closet it looks like hugo threw up in there not not your dog hugo though that you have right now somewhere around you right where's hugo at where's well, the dog he has hugo? A, well let's make a clarification he has also thrown up in right. this room <laughs> i would it imagine is a, it is a true, room but... it is an office it's where if you are a member of our patreon community i do all of our patreon videos from uh but yes hugo has thrown up in here and <laughs> and the charlotte hornets have thrown up in here because i have all of the right. memorabilia that i've collected including the eldon campbell beanie baby yeah there's a lot of it's just a lot of throw up in there basically that's what i heard it's just your it's your throw up closet that you like to broadcast at home from which is just fine so there you have doug there at his own home studio and we are at the getemer.com studios in uptown charlotte i do have nada here with me today as well so just as we started the show yesterday i want to start the show discussing miles bridges again today all three of us were at the game last night miami heat preseason game three an ugly start but then miles bridges came in and everybody started to wake up a little bit including oh baby a pretty nasty alley-oop that we saw from kimba to miles that had everybody going crazy so people are crazy hype about old sky miles the oop from kimba to miles was awesome and i don't know if we've seen that in a while right like have we have we seen in a charlotte hornet uniform that kind of dunk where we've seen that guy that physical get that high up in the air and that see that in a hornet or bobcat uniform like gerald wallace made it to a dunk contest but even he i don't feel like was dunking like that who are the best dunkers we've had here in a charlotte in charlotte's history like at least recent memory of charlotte's history is there anybody you guys can come up with that even comes close to what miles was doing well, that's just that's just the thing. I mean, we were getting excited about Marvin Williams dunks, and we were getting excited about Cody Zeller dunks before, and now this uh, Miles Bridges, these dunks are on a completely different level. And, and I'll tell you another thing. Coming into this game, one of the big storylines pregame was, can the Hornets respond to the physicality of the Heat? That's what Borrego talked about before the game. This is the first time, and I know it's preseason, but it's the first time that I've seen this team match Miami's athleticism and physicality in recent memory. The help blocks that Miles Bridges was a part of, attacking the rim, quickly reacting to Whiteside. And, and I think that Miles Bridges is a big piece to, to unlocking that athleticism that it takes to beat a team like the Miami Heat. Yeah, so he can sky. There's no doubt about it. And watching Miles be able to do that is impressive. And, and the best dunkers that we've seen in Charlotte they just again we haven't seen that from those type of guys that have been here and that I think is what has people so excited so when we talk about the best dunkers and if that legitimately helps their team win or not I think that's a legitimate discussion to have because you know we've seen dunkers in the NBA be able to just jump out of the gym but how much does it help them actually win Miles is giving you some of this Miles has done a good job even shooting from the three-point line getting to the bucket a couple of times he had yet another 
another really nice block, almost a LeBron James type chase down block, where maybe it's not the chase down, but Justice Winslow almost beat him off the dribble a little bit going to his left. And then Miles just swats it out of nowhere, just swats the hell out of it into the bleachers. He's going to give you exciting plays here and there. And he's been very good in preseason, not with the numbers he's put up. Honestly, the thing that surprised me the most, I was looking at his numbers today, he's averaging 15 like 50 from the field and like 50 from three. That's a sustain that's not necessarily sustainable, but at the same time, it's not entirely crazy to say he might be a double digit scorer out of the box for this team. No, I, I think Miles has done such a fanta- fantastic job and he certainly passed expectations early. And you have to get him credit give him credit for that. If he was out here sucking, then we would be killing him for it. Everybody would be killing him for it, right? If there's just another Hornet rookie coming out here, kind of being lackluster, that's exactly what we would be discussing is the old Hornets are at it again. They can't find a guy in the draft to really take this team to the next level. And besides Kimba, we're always going to find a nice little role player that's going to fit within this organization. So you have to give Miles Bridges credit if he is passing these expectations right now. So even though this deserves to be spoken under an it's just preseason caveat, we can still recognize that Bridges is balling and be expi- and be excited about what's to come. So now you have, again, may- maybe people are getting a little too excited about, is this guy going to be a future all-star? Exactly how high is this guy's ceiling? But he has looked very good this preseason, and there's no doubt about it. He's earned minutes under Borrego's regime. He's earned the respect from a lot of these guys. And Borrego said it yesterday after the game that he looks like an NBA player. There are still some rookie instances from him. There are sometimes defensively he looks lost. Sometimes? Just looking over his shoulder left and right. There are some defensive problems with him right now. Certainly some woes on that end. and but, offensively too, Walker. There were there were multiple times in the game that I witnessed Kimball Walker speaking to him forcefully, saying, You got you have to be here at this point. And there was a pick that he missed on on a play that that in the in the third quarter that he should have had for Kimba up top. And so but those are the kind of things that you expect from a rookie. What you don't expect is the level of confidence and the level of intensity. And, and the level of just like, uh, give me the ball and I'm going to do something with it, that's not something that we expect from Charlotte rookies necessarily, and it's something that fans are enjoying already. You can be excited about this. Yes, Nada. you're it, allowed it's to It's preseason, be. but you are absolutely allowed to be excited about this. I, I'm somewhat excited. I've been, I said already, we are at the point where I can now finally be okay with being hyped for this kid. I was trying to stay off the bandwagon. Then Chapel Hill happened in the second half. The entire Boston game happened. And then last night happened. And I'm officially excited. (laughs) I'm not going to the hole. He's going to be a multiple time all-star top 10, top 10 Hornet of all time. We're not going to go do that. But I think he's going to be really, really good. So just looking at the overall team last night, Marvin Williams said, quote, coach basically told us at halftime that myself, Jeremy Lamb and Nick Batum had to pick it up a little bit. So we came out and picked up the defensive intensity and it led to some easy buckets at the other end. So it seems like the offense to me, it needed to be picked up. The bench unit came out there and that's why Borrego was able to talk to those guys at halftime and ask them to kind of pick up the intensity. And guys, I don't know about what you guys think just about the offense, but to me, it seems like the offense still a work in progress as echoed by coach Borrego after the game last night. 
It seems like every cut is slowed down by a pass that just isn't made quite quick enough. Every screen, it's just set a tick too slow. You can tell the calculated approach to it. The offense trying to manufacture a speedy offense that just isn't second nature yet. But that's exactly what the preseason is here for. You get those things worked out. You get the kinks worked out. And you can tell what they're trying to run. But it just looks like a team that's trying to implement a new offense right now. Like the one big thing that I am noticing and the one thing that coach did point out later in the post game, they have four straight days of practice right after this. So therefore, there's going to be a lot of these kinks that are going to be worked out. The other thing is. I'm not nearly as worried about the offense as I am about that defense. Yeah, that defensive intensity for the first half was putrid. And granted, it's preseason, but that's something to worry about early. couple of things to understand. Number one, they've played three games now in quick su- succession. So they have not had an opportunity to get extended practice time to install a lot of the details that you need to install to run a competent NBA offense. Okay, that's number one. Number two... The NBA offense that they're trying to run is a radical departure from what this team that, you know, the core parts have been together for several years now. It's a radical departure from what all of these guys have run for the past few years. So, yes, it's going to take time. Work in progress is like the Borrego quote right now, right? I mean, like it's going to be, we need a Borrego t-shirt. Seems like you guys are really sucking right now. Well, it's a work in progress. Well, it's a work in progress. That's his, that's his <laughs> phrase right now. It's the, the JB coin phrase. Uh, but it really is. And, and just to, to comment on the defense as well, uh, they did need to pick up the intensity. They were going against a, a Miami Heat team that is physical, white side, Goran Dragic always putting pressure on you. But it was a team that was hurt as well. They didn't have a lot of the depth that they're going to have once they get a few guys back. So you saw the bench unit play well against what was essentially Miami's third string. It was the starters getting beat up. And so it was on Jeremy, Nick, and others on that starting unit to pick things up. You saw Kimba get in there, get a few steals. And that's how they have to work the fast break. Because I think teams are still going to kill the Hornets in the half court. They've got to force some turnovers to get into the break. Rick Minnell wrote an article about the amount of points in the paint that Miami was able to score last night. It was a lot. They were able to get to the bucket whenever the hell they wanted to. Driving it. That is something that Dwight Howard would have certainly helped with. It, you know, we we went to the Breaking or what is it? Cleaningtheglass.com. We went to those stats, which eventually it it basically eradicates all the garbage time stats. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting there was it seemed like Dwight Howard's presence alone was enough to keep guys away from the paint, that they didn't drive it too much. But when they did, they were actually surprisingly efficient. Yeah, really successful. So it was basically Dwight Howard was all bark, but no bite. People were scared of them, but once they got in there, they were actually pretty efficient and doing some damage. So now, as much as that might even be a knock against Dwight Howard, you also do have that advantage of, hey, there's a big tall guy that's been very good at defense before, might just want to go ahead and pop this two-pointer mid-range rather than, hey, there's nobody there. Billy Hurd and Gomez? Hell. No, he's going to be late on <laughs> that rotation. Take, right. Uh, Cody Zeller, I can take him. They don't have the prowess, at least, that Dwight Howard once had that probably carries in a little bit to other offensive mindedness when people are trying to drive into the paint. And so you don't have that here now. Now, the one thing I do worry about, and this is something that really hasn't been addressed, you really don't have too many guys that can still stay in front of their men. And that's been an issue for at least the last two or three years. And granted, there are a lot of these guys that are stuck in contracts. I do wonder, though, if MKG coming back and being a part of this rotation does help. Yeah, I mean, the thing that Dwight Howard did last season was it allowed players to stay home more often. It kept the defense from 
getting into rotation as often. So what happens this season? Well, the defense is going to rotate more. You've got to be more aware and you've got to know uh, when to close out. And closing out is so difficult, right? Because if you close out a little too hard, guys are are so quick in this league that they're going to drive on you. If you don't close out enough, you end up like Frank Kaminsky and allowing Briante Weber to knock down a three-point shot on you. So it's these it's these constant one-on-one battles where you're trying to make that estimation of how hard to close out. And uh, that's what they're going to be working on the next few weeks. It was so good to see Briante Weber last night. Such a huge Briante fanboy. Got to see him hit a three. Glad to see my boy still in the league. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. You can get entered into our contest for free bobbleheads and tickets and get access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. Which player is playing himself out of the rotation that was very easy to see last night? Stay with us after the break. I'm Walker Mail, not Edwards, Doug Branson. You're listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And I'm, I have plenty of hurricane snacks. Went out and bought some Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah. Which What kind of Chex Mix? This savory, it was a savory Chex Mix. It's you're a, an, a lot you're, of cheese going on in that Chex oh, Mix. You're an expert on Chex Mix, correct? Right? Well, on I, just I'm, trail mix. I'm very particular about my trail mix. I'm what not as particular, particular about, about my check, Chex Mix. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Hope uh, Frank is saving his money. <laughs> Hope he's doing that. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Last night, we saw a lot of guys get some run in the meat of that game. You know who won one of them? It was Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. Frank Kaminsky playing the last stretch of this game, accumulating seven minutes and 50 seconds total. And as I tweeted out last night, the guys he shared the floor with were Devontae Graham, J.P. Makura, and Isaiah Wilkins, to name a few of those guys, and some other bench player that's really deep embedded. I Not sharing with any guy that's going to get significant minutes at all this season, and Frank Kaminsky out there, and oh, by the way, against that kind of competition, which the Heat had those guys out there too. I mean, Briante Weber, again, you just heard Doug say Briante made it rain in his face. 0 for 4 for Frank last night, 0 for 2 from beyond the arc. Yeah. Not pretty, not a... Um, Walker, I want to rewind this back just a little bit. I remember going on a radio show. Someone invited me on their radio show and they asked nice me. nice of them. Yeah, yeah, that was very, very nice of them. And I'd like to come back at some point. Sure. I was asked that who was, was probably going to be the guy that got left out of this r- rotation when Borrego came in. Yeah. I said Frank Kamensky. Everybody wanted to look at me like I was crazy. Wait, it's, who? I think you're. Hold on one second. No, no, hold on. I feel like, are you building some kind of angry mob that just isn't there? Are you selling the pitchforks to nobody right now? I am selling the pitchforks to absolutely nobody right now. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm amazed. I'm amazed that someone could toot their own horn for 45 seconds straight. That yes, was I a can. Long, that was a roundabout way. <laughs> yeah, I was timing it. 
My God. You're right. Frank Kaminsky is out, though. And you are right, Nada. Let's all hail. Doug, let's all hail. One, two, three. Hail, Nada. Hail, Nada. Thank we you. praise hail, you. Nada. Thank you. Yeah, the king of Charlotte Hornets basketball. Thank you. No, but you were right. And if you did say that, I don't even remember. I think you're lying this entire time. <laughs> Frank Kaminsky <laughs> is going to be played out of the rotation. At least we saw it last night. Again, we just went down the players that he played with. He looked bad defensively. We asked him at the press conference yesterday, or to be specific, Rick did. Rick asked him, are you pleased with what Frank Kaminsky is giving you right now? It's the funniest answer ever, too. And Doug's tab for Coach Borrego, it's a work in progress. Like he said, he's trying. We're giving, we're giving him a lot of things to do right now defensively. We're requiring more out of him defensively. Well, one, that ain't good. We don't like Frank Kaminsky having more on his plate defensively. And the thing I love about all this is we talked about the subtle shots and maybe not so subtle at Steve Clifford and the way he just kept going back against the old regime that Steve Clifford brought. One of the examples he brought up was a game in Chicago where he was caught guarding a point guard and then he said to everyone in the room, okay, this is weird. Why am I guarding a point guard right now? So to a lot of laughs too. Right. Let's fast forward to where we were last night and Borrego was saying he's going to have to be out on the perimeter guarding guys out there on the perimeter and we're requiring more out of him. And maybe it's Billy Hernan Gomez tonight like it was, and it might be Frank the next night. But I did not hear anything that made me less concerned for Frank Kaminsky's minutes out there on the court. So a couple of things. Number one, you heard Borrego say that they're they're giving him more responsibility on defense. They want him switching on to guards. They want him switching on to wings. He's not the only big there giving that responsibility to. You saw Kimball Walker and Cody Zeller switch picks up high 1-5, and Cody did a, a decent job of hanging with those guards, and that's that's what bigs have to do. They have to hold, hold it down just enough until help can arrive, and that's the same thing they're asking Frank. At the same time, he is not holding up his end of the bargain offensively. His three-point shot not going down. His two-point shot not going down, and he's he's not really giving you much in the, the rebounding or assist categories either. The other thing is that you mentioned eight minutes total for that game against Miami. The, the, the bad part about that is that he had three minutes at the, at the first substitution, at his first substitution, and was subbed out in favor of Billy Hernan Gomez, who you know, to Billy's credit, had a great game. He was rolling, okay? So you could see why Coach went to him. But at the same time, Frank is getting moved down this rotation. And he Frank keeps being referred to by the staff as a stretch five. I haven't heard them really refer to him as a four at all, which is traditionally where he's played his entire career. And, you know, if he's going to be a, a five, then he will be competing with Billy Hernan Gomez for a spot in this rotation. Things don't look good. And Billy hit a three last night, as did Cody Zeller, my first live Cody Zeller three. How about that last night? And Billy Hernan Gomez. Close to hitting another two. Yeah, he did. And Billy Hernan Gomez hit one. We've seen it in Summer League. We saw him do it again last night against the Miami Heat. So the thing that Frank does give you, despite all of the problems that Frank has given you before, Frank is certainly a better shooter from three-point land than is Billy Hernan Gomez or Cody Zeller. But if they're good enough... I mean, if, if you can live with them taking an open three with a big man slacking off of them on the perimeter, then what kind of advantages does Frank give you? you know, at, at some point, there's just not enough to deal with to put him out there on the court. Quite frankly, Cody I don't Z think for three. Those. Right. I just don't see any kind of advantage that Frank Kaminsky will give you out there on the court. Just wanted to throw that out there. Do what? what what's that? Just done? wanted to throw Cody Z for three. 
Oh, Cody Z for three. We didn't hear that one. That's all right. It's Sorry. not as good as Sky Miles, but I'm still fine with it. I Listen, I'm workshopping all of these. We're trying to get ready for the season here. <laughs> Cody Z for three, maybe just Z for three. But yes, yeah, Sky Miles, I'm collecting them. I'm not just going to use them on any trip. I'm waiting to use them for the NBA Finals. That's right. Oh, let's get there. Oh, the, the, hype is, the hype is here. Taking the, the, hype taking the be, Charlotte Hornets to the NBA Finals. The hype could not be any more here. And real quickly, before we take one more break, how about Malik Monk last night at the beginning of the game? I saw Rick Whoopsie. Vanell's tweet. People start to kind of freak out just a little bit before we finally got. We got the news pretty fast, but Rick Bunnell said Malik Monk heading to the locker room. Don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and so now everybody's starting to tweet out. Malik Monk, I think he forgot his jersey, and he's heading to the locker room to get it. So what happened oh, is Malik God. Monk is about to check in as he's at the scores table. He takes his jacket off. And it's just an undershirt, and he realized he doesn't have his jersey on. So he has to go to the locker room, put it back on, come back out, and eventually would do some pretty nice things offensively in this game. But old Malik Monk forgetting his jersey, almost like him even more because he <laughs> forgot it. That's the kind of guy Malik Monk is. Well, it makes him human, right? I mean, we watch these superheroes. We watch Miles Bridges go, you know, 17 feet in the air for an alley oop from Kimball Walker, and we're like, these guys are not human. <laughs> and then Malik Monk comes out and does the thing. That is very human, and I can't judge him at all because, as Nada will attest, we work in the same office together. I am king of leaving my keys in the wrong room, leaving my backpack around. I, I mean, I'm just always leaving something somewhere. So it made me feel basically Malik and I are the same you person. I, sure. I feel like. Matter of fact, Doug's water bottle is right on the table. You left here. it here, Doug. Have you been oh, looking for that? Man, no. It's right ah. here. <laughs> I'm so thirsty. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do. Your water bottle's <laughs> over here. That's silly, Doug. Real quickly, doing some nice things last night. Man, I, I've said it. I've probably beat this drum too much. I love Malik Monk's passing. Like, the dude is an underrated passer. Yes, he is. I, I've always thought that he's been a good one. And in Kentucky, I thought he was a good one coming out. And you saw it again last night. He always has at least one or two. They're like, damn, that was a pretty nice pass from Malik Monk. And he did it again last night. I mean, well, he's under he's underrated because he hasn't been given the opportunity, right? I mean, we haven't we just haven't seen enough of him in order to properly rate him. He, he he's getting getting an incomplete grade from me on passing, but yeah, I mean, the 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 flashes that you see are pretty outstanding. Yeah, I, I think the facilitation factor. I think it's there. I think it's there for Malik Monk. Nothing beats the thrill of watching your favorite teams and your favorite artists perform live. And Vivid Seats is here to help you find your seat to a Panthers game, Hornets game, concert. Or a show. Vivid Seats offers great prices and a purchasing experience that is super easy. So all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Supporting Vivid Seats means you're supporting this show. So what you need to do is you need to go to the App Store or Google Play and download all the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code LOCKEDON to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. Again, locked on, all caps, all one word, locked on, and you will get $20 off of your order of $200 or more at Vivid Seats. We'll take a quick break. We'll kind of go around the rest of the NBA. It's Walker Mail, not Edwards, and Doug Branson. You're listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti? And Russell Westbrook? <laughs> yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, guys, they got Nas. I, they did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that Nelly. party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Can Master get, P! Yeah, I hate you right now. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Mm-hmm. 
I think we have a new favorite. We have a leader in the clubhouse. Party Like Presty is the best one there. It's so good. Hey, Nada, did I leave my wallet there as well? Looking for my looking for my ID, maybe a credit card. No, it's not here. Uh, did you forget your button-up <laughs> shirt? You're only wearing a white T-shirt. I don't know if that's just an undershirt. I don't know if you left your wardrobe here as well. Well, I'm working from home today, and when I work from home, I work comfortable. So it's I don't just have any pants on either. No, that's fine. No, no, I, wait, wait, what? I didn't need to hear that. No pants. <laughs> no pants either. No, that is. I mean, we don't have any kind of view below the belt here, or even below the chest. So we we can't sans, tell if he's lying or not. Sans pantalones. Yeah. No, I like it. That's cool. That I like everybody to feel comfortable on the show. So, Doug, keep <laughs> it's still hot it outside. As long as long as you don't have to show us, that's fine. I don't mind you being so comfortable. So the NBA came out with the GM survey, as it's pretty interesting, at least to me, to look at every single time of year before the regular season starts, they come out with this. And in this one, we'll get to at least some kind of Charlotte Hornet connection at first, and that there is no Charlotte Hornet connection with the GM survey. A lot of rookies were, they were asked about a lot of rookies. So when looking at rookies of the year, guys that would be the best player five years from now maybe who was the steal of the draft gms did not think of miles bridges as a threat to win rookie of the year and he would be the best pick of the draft five years from now or as the steal of the draft gms felt shea gilgis alexander was the steal of the draft receiving receiving 27 percent of the vote so shea gilgis alexander the guy that they had in their grasp and traded to the clippers GMs, 27% of GMs felt he would be the steal of the draft. Walker, you must feel really conflicted right now, right? Because you're watching Miles do all of these amazing things, and yet here we have your darling of the draft, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Good Lord. Shea Gilgis Alexander. I'm going to go put my pants back on. You're watching Shea Gilgis Alexander be lauded by these NBA GMs, knowers of basketball. How do you feel? Um, feel I do feel conflicted. I was not high on Miles Bridges, so obviously I am going to go more towards SGA, and I just liked his game coming out. I'm just no knock on Miles. The guy's done great. The guy's trying to shut me up right now, certainly offensively, defensively. You have your problems, but offensively, the guy's been doing very well. And you also just kind of watch him, like in the first preseason game, he's Mm -hmm. been able to play pretty well. Summer League, the guy averaged almost 20 points a game. He's been great. But that's who GMs felt the steal of the draft was. And it'd be one thing if Miles was on the list, but he just wasn't first, second, or third. There was a handful of rookies listed here, more than a handful. Miles, nowhere to be found. V. McKaylick was in the others receiving votes. Yep. Yep, he was second, and you don't have Miles <laughs> Bridges out there. Well, Mikhailu. Who is that? Svi Mikhailu. That's a made-up name. From Kansas. That's from well, NBA it was a made-up name. He mispronounced it, but it is Mikhailu. We mispronounce stuff all the time. I'm the last guy to say that. It's not I like, was about to say. <laughs> well, I know that. I know. I wasn't saying Doug trying to cause some br- trouble, even though he just said Shea Gildas Alexandria, basically, not too long ago. We have trouble with names, but we're smart, I promise you. So you also have other GMs voting on this. An interesting one again. Rookie of the year, Miles Bridges was not on there. N- none of the rookie content, uh, none of the rookie polls. Miles Bridges was on, so that was interesting enough. Another one was GMs felt the Lakers at seventy percent rate had the best offseason poll. So people, all they did was get LeBron James, and seventy percent of the GMs in the league think that they had the best offseason. Just that's all play. you need. Yeah. What else do you need? Nope, that was it. And they felt that they had the best offseason. So I can exp- I can uh, I can understand. I that. agree. The last one here I thought that was the most interesting, just going around the league, 
When GMs were asked which player they would start a franchise with right now, Carl Anthony Towns received the highest percentage of the vote last year at 29%. 29. This year, Cat doesn't even register in the top six vote getters. And he was the leader last season. Mm -hmm. So now you have all of this hoopla coming out of Minnesota where Jimmy Butler is going against Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe a little bit of a damaged reputation. Also, maybe not the year everybody thought he might have. It's still a very good year for Carl Anthony Towns, but defensively still very poor. Offensively, maybe wasn't crazy, crazy good. And now he's not even the top six vote-getters after being a young guy that was the leader in the clubhouse last season. I don't, Meow. I don't blame them, kind of, mainly because you're looking at a guy that has Frank Kaminsky-level defense right now. He's playing that level. Oh, that's low. Yeah, very low. (laughs) Very, very low. That's dirty. Uh, LeBron James did have his debut with the Los Angeles Lakers uh, in preseason the first two games. What do you guys think of their chances at competing this season in the Western Conference? They'll be a nice six seed in in the West. Six seed, all the way down. Not too high. Doug, what do you think? GM's catnapping on Carl Anthony Towns. Mm Mm-mm. So Carmelo also, which is pretty funny, is he apologized. Have you seen this? He apologized to the Houston Rockets. He apologized to the bench after coming back on defense. He fakes a three-pointer, and then after he fakes it, he dribbles just once in and then shoots a long two. A big no-no in Mike D'Antoni's system over there in Houston. And as he's traveling back to defend, yes, he was traveling back to defend, believe it or not. He looks at the bench and apologizes and says, I'm sorry. So now Carmelo Anthony, just a pretty fun, funny moment. He made it, by the way, made the bucket. So can't be too mad at him, but he did take a long two. And again, Mike D'Antoni, not too happy about it. You buried the lead on that. Melo traveled back on defense. That's the first. (laughs) I know. That was the number one story and all that. The fact that he actually played defense is the number one thing to take away from that whole scenario. You got to be kidding me, Carmelo, shooting those long twos. I just want everyone to know that Doug is on camera in front of us right now. And so the whole time that Nada and I were talking... Doug was throwing up his hand, kind of shaking it a couple times. The first time he did, I don't. He, he was saying, he, I don't know if he thought that I saw him or not, and I definitely saw him. So he kept shake, shaking his hand, making sure that I went to him. I'm like, all right, Doug, what do you think? And then he came up with kitten me. That's Doug. Gotta be kitten me. <laughs> well, uh, we're gonna end it there. Uh, thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a good day.